Hey, mountain bike radio listeners, this is Ben, and I will be your host for this special episode that I captured out at Outer Bike in Moab earlier this year. It's with Paul McLean from Spot Bikes. And if you want to hear some of the other episodes I did while I was out at Outer Bike, you can go to mountainbikeradio.com slash outerbike dash Moab. Or you can go to the app, type in Outer Bike, and it should filter it out for you. If you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, you can always send me an email. It's ben at mountainbikeradio.com. That's it. Enjoy, and thank you for listening. So this is Ben. I'm on at Outer Bike Spring 2008, Moab, and I am sitting down with Paul McLean. He is the sales director at Spot Bicycles in Golden, Colorado. That's right. And we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, <laughs> including where he comes from, because he has a, a history. So he started out doing direct mailer type of stuff, apparently, uh, but got in the bike industry uh, several years ago. And how long have you been with Spot? Uh, for just over two years. Okay, so two years, a little over two years of Spot. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some bikes. Uh, you have a new bike that was out. Tease a little bit of a discussion that we're going to have at Sea Otter about a new bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, probably some other stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, thank you for taking the time. This yeah. Is, this is thanks, cool. Ben. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've been on before, too. Yeah, yeah. We were on the uh, the JRA podcast yep. with Matt and Andrea. Yep. Uh, Andy, our engineer, was on with us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's fun talking to them. We've did, we did it first two years ago when we started with the Rollick 557. We launched that bike. That was our first full suspension bike. Yep. We got on the show. We just happened to, I think, run into Matt at some event. Uh Maybe the the Golden Bike Junkies out in Golden, Colorado. Yeah. And he just asked us to come on, and it, it worked out really well. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Andrea just ordered a Mayhem. She did, yeah. I think she was teasing it or talking about it or something already in the show. Mm-hmm. And she was just talking about it. I'm just telling you, just so you know. She was talking on Instagram, so she's been talking it up pretty good. Right. And we're yeah. trying to work something out. We'll see if we can do it. She wants to actually take some, some video of assembly yeah. and put some things out on YouTube. So yeah. hopefully... Uh, we can work some things out, not just assembly of the bike, but the frame too. Yeah. Like looking at the living link and yeah. and what what you know how it's put together. And, and we'll and, talk about the living link too because sure. that's a pretty unique. It is unique because it's pat or patent pending or whatever it is. Right. It's a patented thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, I was out on the mayhem uh, two days. I don't even know what day it is. Two day, two days ago on Friday, and uh, as a cross country, because I'm a Midwest guy. Sure. Like I'm from there. Like I'm cross country rider type yeah. of guy. And I'm always, in my head, it's always like a second thing. Like, longer travel, it's always like a second thing. I ended up on the spot, Mayhem. This isn't a plug. You're not paying me to do this. No. At yeah. all. And We couldn't afford it. No, so, yeah. yeah, you couldn't afford my, you're, my Yeah, you're yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was out on a trail, and I, was, I just kept riding. I was out there for probably an hour and 15 minutes or something. Yeah, and you just want to keep going? Yeah, yeah. it was fan- It was. Like you should be paying me for this now, but it was fantastic. <laughs> like it's what is it one third? What did you say? Yeah, one hundred thirty mil travel front, bike, front rear. Yeah, front rear. It's it's set up stock with one thirty one thirty, but it can accept up to one hundred fifty mil four. Yeah, and so it's pretty versatile. The thing I really liked about it is the I never had a question going on any of the rocks, any of the drops, mm-hmm. anything like that. But at the same time, like going up the hills, like there was none of that. For me, like longer travel bikes, it's always like it just feels like a turd going up a hill. Yeah, you have right. that squat. You're in mud, kind of feeling. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was not the thing. So we'll we'll talk about the living link and why it does that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about you though. Sure. Everyone wants to know about you. Oh yeah, that's, right. That's what the thing Nobody is. Yeah. <laughs> so how'd you get started? Like, talk about how you got in the bike world and sure. how you got came to be what you're doing. Uh, so I, I've always been into bikes. I mean, riding, riding bikes since I was a kid. 
race mountain bikes in high school. And after, after college, I got a job with Catalyst Communication out in Boulder, Colorado. And where are you from? Uh, I'm from, grew up in Detroit okay. area, Michigan. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I've lived in different places. And okay. now I'm in, in Colorado, yeah, in yeah. Denver. Yeah. Okay. So you but, um, that, Boulder. Yeah. So I, I moved out to Boulder. My, it was actually my mom's friend that knew the owner of the company. And so, uh, the inside scoop. Yeah. Right. Of, of five people at the right. company. Yeah, so yeah, I really yeah. got inside there, <laughs> uh, found the right guy to talk to. Yeah. And, uh, and we did, uh, direct marketing for Trek dealers and it was a lot of print mail. Um, price, maybe some people remember the super sale or the cycling guy that happened in bike shops back 10, 15 years ago. Uh, Is that crazy so, how quickly everything's changed? Yeah. Oh yeah. So much. And yeah, mail, print mail doesn't matter at all, but they were kind of the best at it at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were the only ones doing it, but um, so yeah, that's how I got started. Then, then after Catalyst, I, I uh, got a job with SRAM working in their, their accounting department actually, and, uh, moved on into sales and product management at SRAM, uh, before coming to spot. Okay. Yeah. So th- six years at SRAM. Yeah. It's about six, seven years at SRAM. Yep. And what did you learn? I mean, that process of getting in there and learning all that, the details and yeah. what's that, what's that like? So, cause that company, that company grew a lot. It did. I mean, yeah. That was and I started there in about 2006, so it was kind of during or right before a lot of their growth happened. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to to ride that wave with the company, and and there's a lot of opportunities to travel and and check out the industry as a whole. Right. Um, I think the biggest thing I gained that I use now in my job with Spot is just the the technical know how because I worked in dealer service for a while, so I was tearing down parts, uh, you know talking people through warranty repairs, things like that. And I, I was pretty green. I didn't know anything about bikes technically before that. Right. So. You knew about bikes, but then if yeah. somebody was sat down and asked you. Yeah, you'd exactly. Be like, uh, hang on a second. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that, that, uh, I think that was my biggest thing was just, just really got in depth with the bikes and, and that knowledge, you know, passes on yep. into other, other places. So. Yep. So you got all the grunt work out of the way and mm-hmm. learned how it works from all sides. Yep. How to deal with customers. Yes. Yeah. 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 Worked a lot of customers, a lot of business to business OE customers. Yep. Yeah. So then Spot, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a fairly small company. Mm -hmm. So you get into that. What's it, I mean, what's it like? What's it like to deal with customers from that perspective? Take us through, like, talk about it. So Spot's been changing ever since I got there too. Um, and along with the industry, you know, it's, there's a lot of the smaller brands are kind of going from a traditional, uh, stocking dealer model now mm-hmm. to more direct to consumer sales. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've done. We're, we're now all online selling direct to consumers, um, with options for delivery. So you can get a bike fully assembled, delivered to your house from spot and yeah. order online. Okay. Um, so yeah. And, and that's, that's been a big change. I started, you know, selling to bike shops and now I'm selling directly to people. Yeah. So a Is lot that, more context. Did you, did you get a lot of pushback from dealers obviously there's some angry, yeah you know, you know there's some I, I think a lot of a lot of dealers get it we still have a lot of dealer partners out there that you know are there to, to help us with service or warranty or anything like yeah. that um you know s- s- some dealers were a big part of their business and it was really hard to to kind of dismantle that relationship mm-hmm. but uh overall i think a lot of dealers understood what we were doing and um you know it didn't have a huge effect on their business yeah uh, one so way or another from the listener perspective so people listening to this i mean they know bikes and stuff, but they don't know the, you know, they know that things are going online, right. you know, Canyon, whatever it is. What's the benefit for you guys and what's the benefit? I mean, there is a benefit for the shop too, because they're not stocking. They don't have to guess on inventory and you have sure. to go back and forth. What's the benefit for you guys and the customer? Like, how well, does that we, benefit them? The, the direct contact with the customer is great because we can take them through the whole process and we don't have to hand it off somewhere and hopefully, you know, 
maybe expectations change, things don't get done, right. they get sold a different bike. But now they can talk directly to us, uh, work directly with us on any sort of changes or issues they may have. And, and I think the whole process is a lot more uh, kind of, they're more satisfied by their purchase. I think they understand what they're getting a lot more and they're more excited about it. Um, and then also I think it happens quicker and any sort of follow-up happens a lot faster. There's no uh, person in the middle trying to relay information or, or maybe doesn't have the power to get something done. Okay. So, and also there's a lot more, more value on the bikes. We're able to bring our prices down some. And so I think consumers can get a, a better build for less money now. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's just there's... Yeah, the traditional way of doing things, and some people get pretty, pretty upset by, uh, yeah, taking away from them. While others, like you, have dealers that you said, like, whatever, yeah, we're still gonna get the service. We'll be your partner in doing it. If somebody wants to buy a bike, you know, we'll hook you up. Right, they want to move forward together, and yeah. and I and I totally get it if dealers have have a problem with it. We're not trying to say that that dealers aren't aren't valuable yeah. or we we don't need them. Uh, it just works better for us to to do right. it the direct way. So. Yep, and they're they're looking out for their best interests. Mm-hmm. So everyone's got to do. Yeah, you got to have bit. The thing is with business, and everyone always rags on. Well, you're just trying to make a dollar. Well, yeah, you know yeah, what? It's business. If you don't make a dollar, then you can't keep doing it. Right. Yeah, it's pretty simple. So I that's what I always go to is somebody's like, like you know what? I want to keep doing it. I'm gonna make some money. Right. That's the way it's got to be. And you can't stand still very long. No. You kind of always have to be evolving and changing, right. and that's something we're we're definitely doing a lot of. Yeah. And uh, it's it's funny this style. I don't know if it's you know maybe a little bit different than business has been done, just changing a lot. But what happens is you screw up a lot. So yeah. you, you got to give yourself that space. I think that's been a big challenge. Is of course you're not perfect at everything. You're not even perfect at most things. So it's yeah. it's something that you just got to give yourself space and, and allow yourself to change and yeah. evolve effectively. I yeah. guess. So I want to before we talk about bikes, I want to get your uh, sure. like what's your job? Like what do you in a daily like marketing director person, sales director person? Yeah. Uh, what do you actually do? So today, like I just want to lay it out here for for listeners. We're at. Uh, we're looking at some really cool bluffs out here in Moab, but you've been standing out at this booth doing everything from just shooting the shit with people, like handing the iPad so they can do a waiver, like putting air in shocks and doing sure. all kinds of stuff. Like, what do you do besides this? Like, what's a typical week or day or, you know, what do you do as the sales director person? It's it's a lot of just forward-facing communication and then uh, also getting people on bikes and, and informing people about bikes. So... Uh, and everything involved with that too. So, you know, a lot, a lot of it's the soft skills, just talking to people yeah. and, and making people feel comfortable with you and, and learning about and clearly the Clearly you're good at that because I'm here just doing this. Like you feel, do you feel comfortable? Yeah, good, I, yeah. I'm very comfortable. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> He's relaxed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Ben took off his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shoes and pants. I'm just chill, yeah. you know, <laughs> hanging out here. So, yeah, because Spots, you know, for a lot of people, it's a new brand. They haven't heard of it. And for even more, they haven't heard that we're doing full suspension bikes uh, with mm-hmm. this patented linkage design, mm-hmm. Living Link. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of getting the, getting the information out there. What are the best ways to do that? Um, so that's that's part communication. Then it, the sales end of it is is people who buy bikes, you know, walking them through that process, making sure they're getting the right bike. Yeah. They have expectations all around timeline, shipping, because um, for a lot of people, since you know these are changes that are happening, they're not used to ordering a bike online. Right. So I have to a lot of times walking through people through what to expect when the bike arrives, what they need to do. Okay. Um, and I think even on our end, we're trying to create tools where where I don't always have to directly communicate to those people. So we're trying to create some videos. Okay. Um, you know, do, even doing this helps. Like yeah. Just oh, being yeah. on podcasts, getting yep. getting that information out there. Yep. So 
that's that's a big part of it. And then, yeah, customer service too. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of emails and, and calls around that. So after people purchase the bike, any questions, anything else comes up, I'm the person to talk to for that also. Yeah. You just yeah. get to deal with a lot of people. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, very, I go home and I don't say much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, are you like that? Are yeah. you like one of the introverts? That I'm an just, introvert. Yeah. yeah. And so, I have to go home and shut down. Yeah. It's crazy because it, it, the more I talk to, so a really good friend of mine is the same way. He's yeah. like, does the sales, like he's done uh, fundraising for like uh, large non for profit type of things. He, the guy could sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah. Really. Right. But then like, like when he's not at work, he just like, he's a one-on-one person. Like he just wants to be left alone, go up in the cabin with one other person, sit there and talk like, yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, once I'm done, I'm like, we live up in the woods in Hayward, Wisconsin. Like I, I'm like, yeah, you know, so it's, and I, and it's like, I don't mind being around people and no, I like people just, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, in order to feel good again, I just have to be alone for a yeah, while. That's why crazy. I'm actually, and that's a big part of mountain biking for me is that escape parks. You can go out and ride for, by yourself for a while and, yeah. you know, feel really good and get, and feel accomplished and recharge and yeah, come back and yeah. deal with people again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, so are you guys doing a lot of these events, like a lot of these demo type events now, or is yes. it, is that new or have you always kind of done, like, has that been from the beginning or is this a new thing, like, look going forward? So it's, it's definitely new since I started there, uh, with the full suspension bikes, it's really important to get people on them. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of the purchase process is demoing, especially huge, here yeah. in the U.S., um, so yeah, it is new for us. Uh, we're going to be, we try to hit events in the Southwest for the most part. So all the outer bikes, um, even the one in Arkansas coming up this fall. Okay. Uh, we did Sedona Mountain Bike Fest, Hurricane Mountain Bike Festival. Uh, we'll be a lot of the Colorado events like Eagle Outside okay. and Outlier Festival. I'm not sure if it's happening again this year, but. Yeah, I haven't um, seen anything on that. I, yeah, it, it might. Weird. I know we'll for see. the Eagle Outside Fest, the yeah. town took it over. Yeah. yeah so okay. Mike McCormick was running it for a while and okay. I think in. He's moved, he's doing some bigger events now mm-hmm. too, but um, yeah. And then we'll be at Sea Otter too. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one for us. It's great, efficient because you get all the media in one place and they can check out everything. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. I just I'm curious from that perspective. Hey, you want to get a picture of us here? Oh, Never. thanks, Austin. Never. We got a coffee delivery. Not for him. No, take take. Um, <laughs> you want to just grab a picture? Of course. So, listeners, you get the inside scoop on that. We're getting a picture <laughs> from uh, what's your name? This is Austin. Austin. All right. Um, Austin's our builder and warehouse uh, manager and shipping manager. And then he also comes to events. Okay. So he's like the grunt. Yeah. Doing yeah, all right. everything. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, oh, I was going to ask you from the industry perspective, because just talking to people around here, you know, we were so focused on racing and I'm still racing Men, you know, mentally, I'm still focused racing wise. Right, you're always training for something, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a, like, I just can't. I'm a competitive person. Yeah. But industry wise, it seems like for so long, it was like racing and sponsored racers and results and posting pictures of podiums and all that kind of stuff. And it seemed to have quickly changed to this is the focus and this type of demo or outdoor event or mm-hmm. even the races. So you have the Epic rides or uh, the outlier or Eagle. Sure. Like yeah. More race. experience. Right. And is that, uh, is that the case? Is that what, is that what we're going towards? Is that, how is that? You know, or am I just making all this shit up? I, I think there's more of that. I think the racing will always be there. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, enduro racing has gotten big, but I think there's going to be an evolution of that format. This seems like there's so many different series now mm-hmm. it's like hard, like where, where do you go for, 
you know, it's like they're they're all over the place. But yeah. can you stick to one series? Do you cherry pick events? Like, right. yeah, like what's the best way to do it? Yep. Um, but yeah, I think there's just going to be a lot more experiential uh, offerings out there. Yeah. Like like outer bike. Is that like your focus? Spots focus is is it more of that direction yes. or is it okay? Yeah, we're all about. I mean, fun, just having fun on a bike and, yeah. and being able to do more of it. Uh, and we were, we're going to probably talk about Living Link a bit, but yep. one of the things we always say is that um, it climbs so efficiently and what that allows you to do, be less fatigued for the descents. So maybe the part that you consider fun, you can get up there and, and yeah. just have more energy to do it. Or you could just it. ride an e-bike too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could. I'm just like, it's it's been a constant discussion. I don't even want to go there for this no, one. No, you but. could. And and for some people, e-bikes might be I the know. thing. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't really say that. I'm not anti, totally anti. I'm not either. I'm, I'm part of the camp of board up in northern yeah. Wisconsin. Like, okay, I'm on the board and like we're discussing it. And I have I am not in the position to tell somebody they can't do it. Right. If you have fun on that, go ahead. Yeah. If you do it, but me personally, I'm human powered. Yeah. Me too. That's yeah. I, I mean, anyhow, so let's. Well, that's a totally different. Discussion. Right. It's a kind of a political discussion. Um, a lot yes. of ways. Yeah. It, it actually that's what it turns into. Yep. Um. But yeah. So. Uh, but for you guys, it's more of just like get out there, do it. Right. Uh, if if you race, like do it, like awesome. But right. yeah, yeah, and, and that seems to be that seems to be a common thread throughout. Obviously, we're at a demo, so the people sure. out here are going to be talking about that. But um, just from from my perspective, standing outside looking at what's going on, like the average rider doesn't give a shit about who's on the podium. No, they just don't, and they don't know. Yeah, they might not know, and yeah. it's not going to be the. You know, the reason why they buy a bike is because yeah. it won a race. Right. You're not going to spend thousands of dollars on a bike because somebody won a. You know. It's just not happening. So, all right, let's talk about bikes. Sure. So, yeah. where do you want to start? You want to start with the Living Link, or you want to talk about a specific bike, or what? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just okay. yeah explain our suspension so platform. It? Yeah. So, uh, Living Link is a uh, composite leaf spring uh, in the lower linkage. So we have a short dual link bike in the lower linkage. Uh, the low in place of the lower rear pivot bearing is this composite leaf spring. And uh, what we do is we tune the anti-squat properties of the bike using the leaf spring. So through the first part of the stroke, the sag range, the leaf spring is bending downward and providing kind of a progressive spring rate just through the, the mid-stroke. So stays higher in the travel, more efficient pedaling. Um, but as you get further into the travel, that leaf spring relaxes and you have a much more linear feel to the end of the stroke. So it kind of is bottomless once you get to a bigger hit. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very efficient bike, but, but a bike that you don't have to lock out or, or turn off the suspension. You just leave it open. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It works better when you leave That's it open. That's a good thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You can just kind of not think now about it once you have it set up. I, like I, I just realized like, huh, I didn't even touch it. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. It just stays put. It's very composed. Yeah. And it's still active, but only to about the mid-stroke when you're when you're kind of yeah. pedaling and, and going over the small stuff. Huh. So it is it is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. And I did, as far as showing people, I did do a little video, and I think I took a couple pictures. So I will be, listeners, I uh, if you check the YouTube page, I will have a video up of just showing the... Oh, cool. Uh, and riding it a little bit, too. So Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Actually, we should do that too. We'll save it for Seattle. I'll have my camera. We can do a little video demo, like just showing us oh, the cool. thing yeah. too. So yeah, so you have so that's the platform, and you have that on a couple different bikes. Right. So we have the Mayhem, which is the the 130 mil travel two nine or two seven five plus. Okay. And it, it's uh, stock. I said, yeah, I was talking about it earlier, the 130 fork, but you put up to a 150 mil fork on it. I mean, it's it's versatile in the sense that some people you know ride it with a 34 Fox 34 that and the the DPS Evil inline shock in the rear, mm-hmm. and with carbon wheels, they set up lightweight. You know, come you can build it to about 26 plus pounds um, crazy? on a trail bike. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. And, 
And then, uh, you know, other people are putting uh, DPX2 on the back, Fox 36 in the front, and, you know, big tires with double down tires, for example, something like that, mm-hmm. and racing it in Enduro. So, yeah. Well, uh, you're saving all the weight everywhere else. Right. Might as well put it where it, like, matters. Like, you can add exactly. a little more weight to the tire, no big deal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it allows you to take advantage of the stiffness so that that living link leaf spring, not only is it, you know, the, the main purpose is is tuning the efficiency of the bike but it also creates a real stiff platform mm-hmm. so it's very laterally stiff yeah. and you know you can take more advantage of it with bigger tires bigger more capable suspension so yeah. a lot of people are riding the bike for that reason just because of how stiff it is and how well it corners and things yeah. like that yep so what's the other the new one for this year what so then the... the new one is the the rolex 607 okay uh we just uh released that a couple weeks ago uh it's on our website now and that's uh Version two of the Rolic, in a sense. So we had the Rolic five five seven that came out in two thousand sixteen. Okay. Five and a half inches of travel, six fifty B or twenty seven point five wheel. Where the six oh seven is six inches of travel with the the six fifty B wheel. Okay. Um, and it's not just more travel on on the new one, but it's also uh, a redesigned rear end. So a little more material, more bracing on the okay. rear end, also wider, can fit two point six tires. Okay. Um, where the former Rolic was two four was kind okay. of max. So. Um, Which at this point in time, it's, it's yeah. pretty skinny. <laughs> yeah, right. Two four. Two four. Yeah, yeah. No, and, he, I, and I'll tell you what the two the I've ridden. I don't know what was on the the mayhem that you had set up. Two six maybe. Uh, the mayhem was uh maybe been two eights if you're riding the the two seven five plus bike. I think, or if it was two nine, it was two fours on it. I think. No, I had the twenty seven plus. I think. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but just riding. So everything I rode was plus. Yeah. But. Then going to, I rode uh, the Rocky Mountain Element then. the cross, okay. They're the cross-country one, and he had two three fives in there, I think. Okay. And I looked down, and it's just, it's incredible how skinny they look. They like look like cyclocross yeah, tires? It, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, man, I'm on a road bike with these things. I'm going to tip over, like, in every corner, you're just, yeah. it's a weird thing. So, but you get, you. my, my point is, is, like, being the cross-country guy I am, getting out on the, the fatter tires on this stuff especially anything that has technical the rocks and all that kind of stuff when i say that i don't think about something it's obviously it's usually a good thing right and yeah it's supposed to i mean anything that disappears on a mountain bike yeah. is, is preferable and doing like the rocks and, and stuff yeah. with the the sand and things the, that setup like okay i i've been kind of a hater in the past i'm good now yeah like i'm not so much a hater i get it i'm, I'm good <laughs> that's great this, this weekend changed my mind as far as uh we had a positive effect yeah, on definitely. your opinion of Absolutely. things. Yeah. And so that kicked it off. Kicked it off good. That's great. Yeah. So the uh where was it going with that? I don't know where I was going oh, with that. Oh being cross the, country and tire size. Yeah, yeah, but then with the the Rol- the I don't know if I was gonna talk about the rock, but uh in two point sixes? Yeah, yeah. The so having the two point six is a good it's a good option to uh Yeah it's almost need, mandatory on something like we that. Need it. It's and fantastic. It, and it's so funny we you know in 2016, the Rolic was a brand new bike mm-hmm. and the first full suspension bike for us. It took us three years to develop. So we, and we were really careful about the standards when we made sure we had boost on it. Yeah. And then, you know, about three months after we release it, they start announcing things about 2.6 tires. Right. And of course, everybody's asking us, is it 2.6 compatible? Yeah. It's like, we just came out with it. And it's, right. Yeah, it's not. And you haven't even, tr- I know you haven't tried 2.6 tires, but of course, it's like this happy medium that everybody imagines between 2.8 and 2.4. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you keep up with that then? How do you I, keep up as a brand and like as sure. in, you know a director of sales? Like yeah. how do you possibly keep up with all that things that are going on? I know SRAM, you used to like you used to be making that kind of stuff, right? You got to stay ahead of that you, too. From this perspective, how do you do it? 
Well, and the difference I'll even say between SRAM and this is at SRAM, a lot of our product development was based on OEM input. So input from specialized Trek, giant, big okay. brands that are that are buying the parts for the bikes. So they're, they're not just they're, coming up with crazy ideas making it. Right. Because consumers, you read any form or whatever, it's like, oh, they're just making new stuff for the sake of yeah, making it. Totally. Yeah. And and a lot of it's 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 an ask from from the brands, you know, you know, it might be a product spec sheet saying we need this, and then they figure out a way to deliver on, yeah. on those requirements. Um, but the the brands themselves are working directly with the customers where bike shops are and the and that feedback loop comes through there. Um and and I guess this is more of like the product conversation. How do we know, how do we stay up on all the product? And part of it is you got to love it. First of all, you got to be so interested in it that, you, that you're that just you're paying attention to everything. Yeah. Exactly. And you're in all these little nuggets and, you know, as things are coming in. Um, but a lot of it comes down to, we have a really talented product manager, Steve Pardo, that is just so into product and it's in gear. And it's not just mountain bikes, it's everything, you know, yeah. between cars, outerwear, you know, yeah. cross country skiing like all sorts of things because a lot of yeah a lot yeah. of a lot of ideas and stuff comes from like oh shit they're doing that over there like exactly got to be something yeah yeah and so he and he keeps us all informed like what's what's popular what's you know we're a lot of things are you know spec choices he makes uh he'll he'll inform us on them. we'll all learn from it you know it's not, not none of it comes from left field yep. and and i think it it it's almost like something that he just he has a knack for it's it's like a it, we're, we're lucky to have him, and I think we'd fall behind unless he wasn't paying attention so well. And our engineer who designs the bikes does the same thing. Yep. And and so it's like having those guys, just people that are so into it that they, they don't miss a thing because they're they're so hungry for more information right. and, and knowing what's new and what works and what doesn't. How do you do it personally? So when people, somebody, so a lot of these mm-hmm. people walking around, these consumers, especially something like this, a lot of people, they're coming up and they know they know so much about like a certain couple bikes. Yep. For you, how do you keep up on stuff to the point where they come to you with every question? You're like, yeah, you're on top of it. How do you like personally, how do you do that? Are you just like reading everything you can talking to the product manager constantly? Like how how do you, that's a big part of the entire industry and then competitors. Like how do you, like how much do you keep up on, you know, what, what Rocky mountains doing or what, you know, Scott's doing, how do you do it? It's as well, it's, it comes, it's a good question because uh, I don't think I keep up on all of it. I think I, I try to figure. I mean, I guess I just try to figure out what's relevant to us because okay. we're not necessarily competing with every brand. Yeah. A lot of people that that come to us are usually riding a certain number of bikes. I, get, I would say eighty percent of riders are riding the same five bikes. They're coming off the same five bikes. Okay. But I didn't know that until you know about a year and a half in. Uh, what's the typical bike most of the customers are right. coming off of? So it's like then you then I was able to you know really know about those five kind of competitor bikes that most of the riders are coming off of and okay. basing on that. And and a lot of times working these demos, it's important for me to do that here because I learned so much about just what everybody's riding and, and their preferences. I can take that back to the office and have that conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you, yeah, over time, you just have a lot of the same conversations. So you've got, you know, a few ideas of where they're going with what they're about to say okay. or, you know, what their experience is with a different bike and, you know, why they might like ours better, you know, because of this angle or that. And, okay. and uh, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to keep track of. And I can't imagine being a consumer. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. It's crazy. Cause just, I, you know, I'm around it all day, all the time. So I absorb a lot yeah. and, and anybody would in that situation. Uh, yeah. But then if you're not around it, you're doing, you know, you're, you're, a lawyer all day and yeah, you you're love mountain biking. You're 10 mountain, your sites. So you go yeah. from bike rumor to and you got five to, minutes on each. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's really hard to keep track on it. And I think yeah. 
people. Do you do that stuff too? Do you have your certain like, you know, let's see favorites? Yeah, like sure. single tracks, bike rumor, bike radar. You just kind of go through the yeah your definitely. Process. And I get stuck on a few that I have to like make sure I, I get my head out of it. Um, but yeah, and I and I follow like, like mountain bike radio. You could totally get stuck on that. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just have it going in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. historic episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, so you're you're like anybody else though. You're you're you have your things that you go through and kind of just see what's sure. going on. Yeah, whatever your favorites are. You know, I have yeah. certain writers that I like or you know different reviews. I really like NSMB a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shameless plug for them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I I just I like their pictures and and their the way they review bikes. So okay, yeah. You have any other favorites? Uh, I mean, I always go to Pink Bike. Love the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even really read the articles. That much. I know <laughs> some of the comments crack me up so much. Yeah, it's like become those. such a thing. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, I read Bicycle Retailer a lot. Yeah, uh, just to stay up on on yep. that industry news. Yep, um, it's good. And actually, you know, they sold me on the magazine because we had or the Path Bike, the Path guys, oh, Path podcast. Yeah, yeah they, they had a podcast. They, That's yeah, right. they were talking mm-hmm. to him, and uh, I sent her a message. I said, "Hey, I'm going to send my money and get the magazine because I hadn't had it for." I don't know, four years maybe. I was like, you sold me. I yeah. got it. Um, Cause there is a lot of stuff in there. That's just, you take time to read it and you learn, you kind of just get an idea of what, where everything's going. Business idea. Yeah, yeah. 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 So and, it's good. And it's funny now to see a lot of the strategy changes by companies as they go direct and how they, co- they present it. Yep. And it's almost like you can see pieces of one company's program in another. Cause they're like, Oh, they see it on bicycle retail. And they're like, that's a good idea. We'll put it in our program. Yep, yeah. I know. I know. It's, so it's, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, what I found interesting was the conversation with the last issue where they're talking about, uh, online stuff. And I was shocked, like the amount of bike shops, cause the discussion is bike shops. What are they doing right. to keep up? Yep. And it's amazing that the percentages of bike shops that don't do anything online. Right. Like, they don't even, they haven't used eBay. They haven't used whatever. And all I can think is if you're a small business and you want to like just get rid of old inventory, like at least you could just sell it on eBay and get your money back. Right. But they haven't even touched it. They're like, oh, and then there's quotes in there like, oh, we're just waiting to see how it pans out. I'm like, the internet's been around for damn near, what I don't even know, 25 years at this point. Yeah. You're waiting around, like it's not a problem. It's not the internet that's killing your business, man. Yeah. Like, Sorry. Well, and, and I can't get it though, too. I mean, a lot of bike shop owners are so busy. Uh, I mean, I know, working in and, and kind of the smallest company I've worked at. We're six guys right now. Yeah. And it's like a lot of things just get, get low on the list and stay there. You yeah. know, it's hard to get I to get them because you got so many other things to do. Yeah. And it, it's like, yeah, you can advise any owner. Yeah. You got to go online and they probably know, but it's just like, yeah, it's like, well, I got these other 10 things to do to make them more. Right. I know. It's just, it's but, tough. No, it's very tough. Yeah. yeah. But it's good to be in that conversation to read about like, where things are at, like, and, and just ha- be part of the discussion, and then read about it and do all that stuff. So sure. I, I'm just always interested in what yeah. other people in the industry and like, we're sitting down talking this, you know, cause from my perspective, when I sit down and I'm reading all this stuff, I am, I'm not in the process or I'm not in the business of selling product. Right. So my perspective is sitting down and just observing what's going on and kind of just see where the things are going in, mm-hmm. a, in a consumer perspective. So right. it's, it's always interesting to get your yeah. Your perspective. We all do the same shit. Like we're all on the same sites, like reading yep. the same thing. Yeah, totally. So it's good. Yeah. Taking it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So from the consumer's perspective, like you said, that lawyer, it's all work all day and not, I don't know how you do it. Right. Because for me, I can't even keep up on what's going on. Yeah. You almost have to pick a couple bikes you're interested in, get a little fixated on them and, and mm-hmm. then know what, know what you're getting into. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to Cause keep track of all of them. And, and from your perspective, uh, like it's hard. It's hard to keep people's attention. Is there like, 
have you learned any tips or tricks of like how to stay relevant? Like, what do you do to, to keep things moving? Well, and, and I think our, our, we do a lot, we try to offer as much as we can because we know selling online, we're not going to be bike shops. You're not going to be able to touch and feel bike, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as easily as maybe some other brands. Um, so we offer free demos out of our, our golden Colorado HQ. So we have trails right by our office. People can go ride for free. Uh, we've even had people, it's funny. We had a pilot that was interested in our bikes from Oregon. And so he flew in for the day, did a demo, then flew back and he ended up buying one. So it's yeah, just, it's awesome. uh, we try to be as, as available as we can at these events at our, at our office. And we notice if we give a lot, we get a lot people, they're focused. And even if they're not ready to buy a bike, they come back when they're ready yeah. uh, just because of how much we offered and how much we work with them. Right. So there, there's a lot of that, a lot of, uh, time on the phone, like, you know, just making sure everybody's taken care of. Um, and, and also pick right. We just have an attitude of rushing to the phone and make sure we answer it and, and get everybody taken care of. Yeah. Um, that's, that's way more valuable than, I mean, you kind of have to be involved with social media, but at the same time, like that is worth a thousand Facebook posts. Yeah, totally. I mean, one like person, this, yeah, even shaking just one a hand, person. Yeah. saying hi. Yeah. The pilot guy, he's a customer for life. Right. Like, yeah, that's no, all totally. Doing. And he'll tell all his friends about it. Yeah. And, and that's big. And, yeah. and we do social media, but it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to, to make yourself visible in that world. Yeah. Um, and, without like, you know, drone footage and a lot of doing yeah, a lot of and, like high quality stuff. It's yeah, really hard. Yeah. And that, and actually that you're a good person to ask with this is like, you know, from the, from the industry perspective or, your, you know, marketing perspective, people spend so much time on social media. What I struggle with is, I really like doing it, mm-hmm. but I don't like looking at my, f- just to ask to take a picture. Like there's some interviews that we didn't take pictures cause I didn't give a shit. I'm sitting down talking right. to you. The last thing I want to do is be doing this on my phone. And it's not right? easy. It's not just go do it. No, like it takes not. work and time. Yeah. And, and you yeah. have several considerations like, right. Hey, is, how does this fit in? Like, right. is it showing us the right way? Yep. Like all this different shit. How do you deal? How do you deal with that personally? Right. For me, it's really hard. And, and you even mentioned that thinking about where the picture is taken. We just have Fazari in the background for a spot interview but that's the thing like we would have had we had to think about that yeah and like pay attention and do it but from my perspective yeah. it doesn't matter like i'm still plugging all your stuff so right. like you can't share a spot but i can share it. like how do you yeah. deal with that kind of stuff personally it just like, like just mentally like what do you no that's a good question because i hate look watching the feed like yeah. i'm not a consumer of social media i definitely try to just create content just because we kind of have to yeah. but like if i'm on it too long i really get bothered like or just kind of go crazy a little bit yeah um but you know I guess. Wait. What was the question again? How do I deal so, with? My, so this inter, this discussion went way. To, I'm I'm no. This your is good because I haven't like really personally. haven't gotten into this with anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, just personally, like yeah, you. Right. I mean, it's one thing for spot, but you personally doing just living life and like dealing with how doing a good job social media wise for spot, but then right. at the same time, like, how do you deal with it? Like just turning it off and like, is it something that you, you mentioned it? It's it's not really a question. It's just like, how do you just generally view social media? I guess. Like, yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I see it as like possibility. I'm like, I, I actually see it as I'm like a stat grabber. It's almost like Strava. Like it's so stupid, okay, but it's like I, we, it, in a lot of ways we, we do it to communicate of course, mm-hmm. like, or I get it for that reason. Yeah. And, and, and it does want... help. It does help communication yes. if you use it as that tool, because we'd never be taught. We'd never be sitting here talking probably. Yeah. If you didn't meet Andrea or Matt or whatever, right. and we communicated through and she was sharing all the hashtags and we were sharing yeah, all totally. that kind of stuff. And, 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 and uh, podcasts are a form of social media too. And, yeah. and communication. I lo- and I love, I actually love podcasts cause I feel 
it's like, yeah, more in depth, uh, more personal. It's almost better than the radio because it's less produced yeah. in terms well, of. Well, this is definitely not produced. Yeah, the content. No, no, I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying quality wise, just in terms yeah, of the yeah, content. Yeah. Like, exactly. it's not as scheduled yeah. and people are more free. So you, you kind of feel like you're part of a conversation. Yeah. It's like, it's like, a, I think it's a solution for loneliness a lot of ways. If I'm in a long, you know, on a long drive, you have a podcast on it, you, you don't feel alone. Right. But that's not really the social media we're talking about. Yeah. How I, I look at it, I'm very disconnected from it. I'm not emotionally involved in social media at all. I see it as stat grabbing. What can I put out there to so people get a good feeling and, and enough a number of people get yeah. a good feeling about spot or about whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Um and and I feel like social media is just this narr- narrative control that almost is a little too over the top. I think in some hollow. situations it is. Yeah, very. And, and it's like it does. It's a some. Bit, it's really good because you can follow along with people, right. and like they're. And those I just, are people I struggle with. But I, that, no. I, that I tell the true story, and yeah. you can follow them, and you enjoy that process. But yeah. a lot of it, I think, is very like it's like vapor, like it's very hollow, like you know, it's like it's just an image. It's not necessarily what's really going on or whatever. Right. And you can control it so well. You can control that image on social media because it's a feed, so you know what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I struggle with it because I look at, you know, mountain bike radio, we have whatever, I don't know, it's 4,300 follow Instagram, right? Yeah. We're in which, the same spot. That's exactly pretty yeah, much how much we is, have. It's, yeah. it's good. And it's a good core group. Right. Like it's not like these big fancy pictures that are going to try to get 50,000 followers. Like, but you get I the just, same few hundred people liking your stuff, but you right. know, they're following you and yeah. Like, right. And yeah. it's a good And they core, comment. Yes. Yeah, right. And you can actually have conversations with some of the people because you know who they are. Exactly. After a while, you know who they are. I'm, I'm good with that. But then sometimes I go and I look and I'm like, God, like they have like, whatever, name it, single tracks, for example. I'm not competing against them, but at the same time, it's like you yeah, look at their Instagram and there's like a million people on there, right? And I'm like, shit. But then I'm like, why am I, I shouldn't be jealous. I'm not jealous, but it's like for one second. Do you think be, you're doing something wrong kind of well, thing? sometimes yeah, yeah. like, man, I'm a loser, you know? But then I'm like, wait, <laughs> this is just Instagram. So I, I really, and then I'm like you where I'm kind of like the introvert when i'm away from all this stuff yeah like, it's a struggle sometimes to like like when i come here i have to force myself to get going but then right. once i get going i'm like all right who's next you like, get you jump in yeah. yeah so i just i i struggle with the with the social media aspect of things but then instagram like i use a lot of instagram because facebook is basically dead it is yeah yeah it's so funny and i told our boss to delete our facebook the yeah, other day i'm about to delete it too yeah yeah honestly it's <laughs> there's got to be a different avenues um but i guess my whole thing is like instagram is good because on one hand i really like they're just social media i really like to try to get out and inform people and show them that we're like real people right the reason i want to delete is because i want everyone else to delete it and go do something sure so it's yeah a struggle you want to like constantly. almost lead that like yeah yeah yes. yeah i know what you mean but exactly. then you're gone then you're gone yeah but then you don't exist yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's and i so I, I like to get your thoughts you know that's why i wanted to get your thoughts yeah. on that it's just it's a we're all in the same boat, it sounds like. So, yeah, um, and, I, and I'm very up and down with it. Uh, like sometimes I'll post like three pictures in a week or four, like a bunch. That's a lot for yeah, me. Yeah, because you're really into it. And you're yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm like, this is cool. And, and then and then I'll go like two, three weeks where I don't do anything because I'm like, I'm so over. I do not want to post yeah. anything. Like I'm just not in the mood yep. or whatever. And I just wonder if consumers are the same way. I'd be interested to hear. I don't know. Because I, I'm sure everybody views it a little differently and some people are more comfortable with it than others. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I know some, maybe we're going to get some emails now like, dude fuck you we're never checking out your your feed again or whatever you know like, <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah everybody's their own opinion that's fine yeah, i know it, it, it's funny because i feel like as as a brand we have to do it and we got to do it consistently mm-hmm. uh or yeah like you're dead or you're you're kind of like non-existent right um but but i just hope that what we're sending out there makes people you know feel, feel like we're approachable there's yeah. a lot of ways we're selling fun we're not selling you know like 
speed or racing just, or being cool. It's like just, you know, having a good time on the trails and, yeah. and a big part of that escaping into the wilderness yeah. too, you know, like being in a, a place you're not always. Yeah. Every day. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, you're selling toys. Toys. Yeah, very much so. We're all yeah. selling toys. We're all selling toys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every industry is like that. You could kayak or ATV. They're all, we're all selling toys. So right. Yeah. It should be not serious and. I know. I'm just so excited that it, it, yeah, it, this kinds these kinds of industries exist. You know, it's like yeah. we can work in this. I know we don't have to be it's, stamping in a factory or something like that. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you spent time making ma- you know mailing things yeah. back in the right. It's like, yeah. Okay. Could so what different. do you have? Uh, we're gonna tease out a little something. You got oh. something, whatever. But what do you else? What else do you have going for? I yeah. don't know. Anything. So the the Living Link bikes are are definitely the big story. Mm-hmm. And uh, give us a call. Come demo one if you can. And I'll de- put all the links and stuff in the yeah. show notes. So if anybody has any questions, comments, and I'll put where, you know, if they're going through, it, you're not Golden. far off I-70. Uh, right. We're so. right off I-70 in South Golden. Yeah. yeah. We're right by trails. So yep. that's great. And and the Rolex 607 being the new new Living Link bike, um, definitely got to check it out. Yep. So they can come and try one out right, right. From, the, right from the shop. Yeah. And they'll ride different than anything else out there. I, I guarantee it. You can come, you know, talk to me if that that's not the case and I'll give you a prize. I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, then another thing that's, that's pretty exciting at Sea Otter, look out for announcement from us. We have a, a fun partnership that we're announcing, not in the mountain bike category, but it's a bike uh, thing. And that's that, a good tease. That's all I'm going to say for now, but definitely look out for that announcement at Sea Otter. I think uh, it's something cool that, that I think a lot of people can appreciate. So. Awesome. So I will, uh, you have any closing thoughts, anything that people should do other than that or check you out yeah, where they, I think based on the, where this conversation went, get off social media, get out and ride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And stop by one of the demos. Because but take that's some where cool it, pictures too though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and hashtag. <laughs> what's a hashtag? Oh, cause some mayhem. Uh, yeah. and spot bikes. Yeah. If you're, yeah. Cause some mayhem, even if you're not riding a yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I, I, I really appreciate the honesty. Yeah. And thanks. I hope, I've enjoyed this. Yeah. I hope with. My whole hope with mountain bike, what's good with podcasts is you said it, but my hope with mountain bike radio is that while like just riding along, they talk a lot about specifics, the path too. Right. It's like they get down and dirty with all geometry and the specifics and all the details. You know, there's plenty of other websites out there that do ride reviews, bike reviews, bike rumors, sharing every new product there is. Right. I'm, we're not, I want to get, we're not starved for that, right? uh, Yeah. I want to get the conversation. So listeners at the end of the day, they know who you are. And they give Spot the benefit of doubt of like, hey, I should check that out because he was on here talking about being an introvert and like doing all this stuff. So, um, yeah, it's like maybe they're not expecting to hear about yeah. people in the bike industry. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so they get a little bit of one of the people behind it. I think that's a big deal. That's so, great. Well, thanks, Appreciate ben. It all the time. Yeah. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Right. 